Hello, welcome to Hope Church Harrogate's message of the week. If you'd like to connect with us, please head over to hopeharrogate.co.uk forward slash connect. We'd love to hear from you. on holiday with my friends because my husband did not want to go uh, to this thing and so uh, I went with my friends and our children and we got to play in the pool. Um, I don't know when the last time it was that you played in the pool with teenagers but it is so much fun but I also almost killed my friend and so uh, because I am not as movable in the water as I remember being and we were playing one of those games where like it's like I don't remember this one, Red Rover, where like one person closes their eyes and everyone tries to sneak past them to the other side of the pool. And um, my friend thought that uh, that we would go underwater at the same time that I was I was the person. And so you went underwater and I stepped on it. <laughs> and then I thought, oh no, I was killing someone, so I should get up. But I am not as fast as I used to be. So all I could do was push down on him, was sort of like push off. I did not go sideways, which meant that I landed on him again, and I tried again, and for a good 15 seconds, I was just dancing <laughs> while he's slowly drowning. And, and the kids are screaming, Get off my dad! I'm trying! And I almost killed him, and that was scary. And uh, he came up, and I was like, Are you okay? And, uh, and he was like, I, I, the water is coming out of his head. And I thought, it's a tangential kind of, sometimes we feel like we're drowning in our lives. <laughs> so I'm not so terrible. I just want to So, having um, said, the children have forgiven me, and our friendship has survived. And, um, but uh, that was really scary. And when I'm in the pool, I very quickly go from, I'm feeling fine to I'm gonna die. Does anyone else do that? Like, yes, thank you. <laughs> like I swim underwater, oh, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling so great. Oh my God. And then I come up. <laughs> but but the, my level of panic is very small. I can't do that. And uh, there's something in me about the sense of being surrounded and feeling like I can't breathe. That to me is so similar to the feeling that we sometimes get when we're feeling like we're drowning in anxiety or drowning in a, a news of something about it that becomes overwhelming to me. And uh, today we're talking about hope. And uh, as soon as I saw that the topic was about hope today, I felt that feeling <laughs> around me of that sense of being drowned, that sense of being trapped a sense of being underwater and feeling hopeless. Because if you've ever felt hopeless in life, if you've ever had a diagnosis that has made you feel hopeless, if you have ever um, been overwhelmed with anxiety in school, um, if you've ever felt like there is a situation you cannot get out of, it is an overwhelming feeling. Does anyone know that feeling of, of hopelessness? It can be terrifying. Um, and uh, we're going through Isaiah in this in this um, season, and um, I love that we're talking about hope in the season of, um, of Christmas, because I think it's really, really important, um, because I think God has a lot to say about who he is um, when we are feeling that sense of drowning, that feeling, sense of having someone stomp on our back and keep us underwater, uh, that sense of feeling overwhelmed by anxiety. Um, 
It kind of looks like this. I brought a friend. He's a minion because that's who I could find at home. And uh, just for a visual demonstration, sometimes you're like hanging out in life, and then that comes along and you get thrown in the water. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes people are strong enough to feel like you can swim on top of the sea of anxiety. I look like this. <laughs> up. And what happens sometimes is that we beg God to come rescue us. <laughs> We're underwater. Help us. Rescue us. Find us and pick us up out of the water again. Because that's the only way I can be happy again and survive is I need the rescue to get out of the situation that I'm in. And sometimes we talk about hope like that. I hope that God will rescue me. I have this hope that God will stop it all happening and bring us out. And sometimes I feel like we get trapped in. I'm either drowning or I'm out of it completely. And, and there's no middle ground. And I think God is better than that. And, um, and there's something in Isaiah that I want to read to us. Isaiah 61. I forgot to bring a towel. Classic. Classic. Although I'm also the person who like washes their hands, goes to the hand dryer, lets the hand dryer touch it for a second, and I'm like, ah, poor dog, I'm out. Um, so, it's a good thing. Isaiah 61. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Isaiah 61. If you have a phone, you can always Google it, and I'm going to read it to you. This is a passage in Isaiah. You know all about Isaiah and how this, this, this nation had been walking through really horrific times. If anyone was going to be hopeless, it's when they're exiled and afraid and far from the place of connection with God. And um, in the midst of this, God consistently, through centuries, was talking about the hope that he is bringing in the Messiah. And he drops in throughout all of history these little moments where he says something kind to people, but also says, and this is what the Messiah is going to look like. And, Jesus. and uh, Isaiah 61 says this. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. At the very beginning here, and we know Jesus later quotes this and says, this is me. In the midst of Isaiah's prophecies in the midst of everything that Isaiah is saying from the Lord, God chooses to say, this is what your salvation looks like. Not someone who's just going to keep you out of every difficulty, but someone who's going to be someone that you can hope in. There is this goodness of God in the midst of brokenheartedness, he will bind them up. In the midst of captivity, he will proclaim freedom. In the midst of darkness, he will bring release. In the midst of mourning, he will bring comfort. In the midst of ashes, when the world just burns down around you, he will bring beauty, 
in the midst of mourning, he will bring joy. In the midst of despair, he will bring praise. There is this declaration of who God is in the midst of all these situations. That means that rather than being at the bottom of anxiety, with a hopelessness and a loss of any way of getting out, there is hope. Hope isn't a cross fingers wishing that something will get better. Hope is a confident expectation of who Jesus is in the moment. Does that make sense? Hope is, is saying, this is what it looks like now, but the God who stands next to me, the Jesus who loves me, is bringing me beauty in the ashes, is bringing more uh, joy in mourning, is bringing praise in the spirit of the spirit. It is who Jesus is in that that makes the difference. It wraps us in the knowledge of God. It picks us up. And it says, you're still at your school. You're still going to be walking the pain of the diagnosis. But the goodness of God, the joy of who he is, the glory of his presence wraps around you. And so when the anxiety comes, you're no longer drowning. When the waves come, your head is above water. When the 14th appointment at the doctor's does not go the way you think, his beauty comes. Because the hope is what keeps us off the bottom. Because of the confident expectation of who God is in you. There are times where you will feel stuck in a in a in a storm. Jesus slept in a storm. And he knew who he was. <laughs> and he knew who his father was. And he knew what happens in the midst of those things. I am um, I was unsure whether I was going to do this. I don't know if I've done it before. Um, I, I want to read to you something. Because I want you to, to, um, to me, sometimes the power of hope is in the unexpected times when you don't know it. I find that when we surround ourselves with knowing who Jesus is, the hope is the fruit of knowing who Jesus is because then we see him in all moments. And um, I don't know if I've read this before, I can't remember. Um, but um, six years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. And um, when I was told I had cancer, I then called my husband, who did not answer the phone, and uh, which meant that I was just left on my own with God. And, uh, and so I sat down and I wrote what my initial thoughts were. And I find it really powerful, because usually you look back on things and go, this is what I think I remember, I think I thought. And I actually was able to capture what I thought. And um, when I was going back and reading it, I was just struck. Um, by how the diagnosis pushed me to the ground, but there was something about hope that came. If you don't mind, I'd just like to read it to you. Um, because I think it's, it's, it's one of those raw things that you get to see. So I wrote this. So the news is about three hours old now. 
Hubby still doesn't know because his phone isn't working. But hopefully, though, it has meant that I've had plenty of time to process stuff with God first. God is usually my first processor. He gets my raw response. So by the time I get talking through it with my husband or friend, I sound less like a crazy person. God can take my crazy. So I was driving home from this ordinary meeting that has launched the go button on a tough mother season of my life. I was chatting out loud to God. I was surprised about what came out of my mouth. I am not afraid of this cancer. You have made my body and this cancer is nothing to you. Whether you heal me in a moment, by the medical process to deal with it, or whether this is the thing that kills me, I am not afraid of this cancer. I am not afraid of this cancer. I am on this earth to love and to grow, to be more like you, to be useful in your great and wonderful plans on this earth, to delight in my son and help him love you and be who you have made him to be, to strengthen my husband and make him laugh as much as I can, to lift others' hearts and make today a better day for them, to as much as I can remove hindrances from people so they can have real revel in freedom and relationship with people. I am not afraid of this cancer. I am not afraid of this cancer. I will die one day, and it may be because of this. But it doesn't matter whether it is this or not, because I have today. I'm so grateful for today. I believe it to the best I can. I have no rights to demand anything or anything. Everything I have is a gracious gift for you including this breath and this moment and rich beyond words. I am not afraid of this cancer. I am not afraid of this cancer. You work all things together for good. So I will look for your leading in every situation. I will bring hope to every room I walk into. I will cling to joy and laughter. I will ugly cry when I need to. Rant with anger and frustration if I feel like it and get inappropriate for fun sometimes. But I will not hide. I will face this hill and run the race set before me. It won't be pretty, but it will be full of life because you are life and you have promised to give us life to the full, regardless of medical diagnosis. I am not afraid of this cancer. And I think what struck me, and I remember reading it, is I wasn't afraid <laughs> because I knew who he was and I knew what this season would look like because he is the hope. Not what he does and what he chooses to rescue or not rescue. My hope is not in a painless life. My hope is in the God who has promised the fullness of life, who has promised his companionship, his love, his, his joy. There's the flu. And what is really powerful, what I love in this Isaiah passage, is first of all, he tells us who he is, but then he brings us something different. Because when someone is floating in the midst of anxiety, we all go, Let's forget what you have because I want it. The second part of this Isaiah passage is this he says that he's going to be all these things and he's going to give all these things to these people, and then he says they will be called. Oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. And he goes on and on. Shepherds will guard your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields. He talks about instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. Instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. He goes on just declaring all of these wonderful things that he pours upon them. And at the end, Isaiah says, I delight greatly in the Lord, and my soul rejoices in my God. 
for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness as a bridegroom, adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride, adorns himself with the jewels. For as the soil makes the young plant come up, and the garden causes seeds to grow, so the Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. People who walk in hope point to Jesus. People who walk in hope cause cities to be restored. People who walk in hope rebuild walls and rebuild devastation. People who walk in hope cause righteousness and praise to spring up in all nations. I don't know if you were here for a couple of these funeral, but it was the most hope-filled, beautiful, I just left not sad at the loss of a wonderful woman, but I left praising the God who is a God of hope. Um, we were mourning, uh, we were mourning the loss of a, of a powerful and wonderful woman. But what was declared was the goodness and the wonder and the glory of a God um, and a life lived in hope. It was beautiful. I am constantly in awe when I come here and hear people walking through their lives and they speak with hope. Of who God is and who God is in your life, and it draws me to Him. When you feel stuck, being pushed down, we can feel helpless and hopeless. But really, when we can learn to walk with hope and ground to Him, our lives are a testimony of who He is. The hope is for us, but it's for all nations. So if you're struggling today, if you're feeling like you're drowning or that your friend is dancing on your back, if you're finding yourself in that moment, my suggestion to you is that you wrap yourself in the truth of who God is, because He is. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is your companion, He is your joy, He is the one who knows your heart, He is the one who can hear you, He is the one who can heal you. He is the one who has come to proclaim good news to the poor and bind up the brokenhearted and freedom for the captives and release darkness for the prisoners and release from darkness for the prisoners and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort those who mourn, to provide for those who grieve, to give them beauty instead of ashes and joy instead of mourning and praise instead of a spirit of despair. He's the God who's back. And when you grab onto that, you float. And people are going to say, who is this guy? Um, and so as we, as we go from this place, as we look at Christmas, and as we hear people's stories, I would just encourage you. And um, hope is one of the most powerful things and the gift of God to us. And, uh, you know, tell stories of hope. Um, I love stories of rescue, but also tell stories of hope. Um, because equally, they are beautiful and powerful. So can I pray this? God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you walk with us. I thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever in every situation, in every a struggle, and every difficulty. I thank you that you wrap yourself around us and lift us off the bottom of a bucket, that we may have our head above the water of the storm because you are with us. God, for some of us, we feel hopeless. 
We look around and we see nothing but trouble. And God, I pray that you would, um, in your grace and in your joy and in your peace, wrap around us, that we may see you. In Jesus' name. Thank you.